Would you guys pray with me one more time? God, I thank you for an opportunity, Father, where a sinner turned saint by the power of Jesus Christ can stand before a group of people and with one mission, one goal, to empty himself and allow you to speak and allow you to move, Father. There is no human on this planet that has the capability of changing a single life. You have the power. You have the authority. You have the strength, Father. You have the desire. So, Father, right now in this moment, Father, with many names in this room, would we collectively be about the one name, the name of Jesus, and would you move, Holy Spirit, would you move and change lives because of that great name? In your powerful name, Jesus, amen. I wanted to invite you guys uh, to do devotions with me. Uh, so devotions is something that my family and I do at the end of every, every night around 8 o'clock. We, we read from How Great Is Our God, written by Louis Giglio. It takes some scripture, uh, talks a little bit about science and other things. And, and so we read it to our kids. It happens right around 8 o'clock. And if you do family devotions, you know that at 8 o'clock uh, is when your kid who's never wanted a drink all day all of a sudden is very thirsty. Uh, they haven't been hungry all day long. But at 8 o'clock, they are, they are, like, they need some food. <laughs> they haven't want to talk, they didn't want to talk to you all day long. But at 8 o'clock, they have lots to say. Uh, and so after Ava and I have literally lost our minds uh, on them, we say, let's talk about Jesus. Uh, and so we read from this, uh, this devotional, and, I, and this hit me. Uh, this is uh, day 24, and uh, we re read it just a, a week or so ago. And uh, it hit me because I knew that what we were talking about today. And so I wanted to read it to you as if I was reading it to Landon, uh, my son. Uh, this is called uh, Say It Isn't So. Elephants drink water through their trunks like a straw. Bats are as blind as, well, a bat. An ostrich hides by sticking his head in the sand. Touching a toad will give you warts. Bulls charge at the color red. How many of these facts have you heard? As it turns out, they aren't true. Uh, here are the real facts. Elephants suck water through part, uh, part, only part up there of their trunk and then pour it out their mouths. Bats mostly use sound uh, to navigate, but they also can see. Ostriches don't stick their head in the sand, though they might flop on the ground and play dead. And no, you won't get warts from touching a toad. And bulls charge at the color red, along with blue, green, yellow, and any color that is moving. <laughs> We hear some of these things all the time, and we start to think they must be true. And that is, but that's the thing, the world. And the devil, who roams around it, likes to lie. Likes to say things over and over again like you aren't important. Like no one really cares about you. Like you're not good enough. Like you've got to face your troubles all by yourself. Don't believe it. Arm yourself with God's truth by reading the Bible every day, and you'll learn how very special you are and how much you are loved and how you are never alone. Don't be tempted to believe the lies of the devil. And when I read that, it was the perfect thing that I want my boys and my daughter to know that they are going to walk this planet hearing lie after lie after lie. And the best way to know what a lie is is to know the truth that makes it a lie. 
Is that us? Landon, you can, you can have, a, you can have a, a seat. The thing is, is that many of us every single day are embracing lies. Big lies, small lies. We all embrace lies. Some are big deals, some are not so big deals, but they can become big deals. When you think about the reality of your life right now, where might you be embracing a lie? I want us to see today that the dark side is a liar. And so when we embrace a lie, big or small, we are embracing the evil one. And we will oftentimes then knowingly and sometimes unknowingly embrace his deception. We did it at the start of the sermon. This was the picture that, that uh, okay, yeah, hey, we, technology is a great thing. Uh, so that's the picture uh, at the start of the sermon. Some of us don't know that there's a lie on the screen. Some of, us are, some of us right now are saying, Jason, you sit on your throne of lies. And you're right. There is a lie up on the screen. If you are new here, if you're, for the, if you're here for the very first time, you're like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. Uh, but those that have been here for a while know that there's a lie. If you're my wife, you're like, I've seen the marriage certificate. I've seen what soon will be your death certificate. Uh, your name is not Graham Wilson. Your name is Jason. She knows that, and so it's easy to see that. But if you don't know lies, if you don't know the truth that would make it a lie, you accept it. If you're not looking for it, if that's just the, the thing that pops up on the screen every single start of the sermon, you're not going to wait to be looking for the lie. And so you can't be duped. We give in to the deception of the evil one all the time when we're not looking for it and we don't know the truth that makes it a deception. And so Jesus uh, addresses this in John chapter 8. I want you guys to turn there in your Bibles. Uh, John chapter 8. John was an eyewitness to the life of Jesus. He was there at the foot of the cross. Uh, the Gospels are just people that either talk to eyewitnesses or eyewitnesses themselves that give an account of the life of Jesus. And so uh, John says this. In John chapter 8, he, he, he says this. They answered him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, uh, if you uh, were Abraham's children, then you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth uh, that I heard from, from God. That is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works of your father your father did. And they said to him, Well, we were we were not born in sexual immorality. If you know the story, that's a little bit of shade. Uh, we have one father, even God. <laughs> Jesus is pointing out, he's talking to these group of Pharisees, these, these very religious people, and, and he's saying, you're, you're not of Abraham. If, you, if you're associating yourself with Abraham, you're not representing him well. Abraham accepted people that, that he, there were strangers to him in the name of God. He did that in Genesis chapter 18. If you're of Abraham, then, then you would know that, that I am of God and that I am to be accepted. No, you're acting just like your forefathers who did awful things to people in the name of God. So who really do you represent? You're treating me just like our forefathers treated the prophets. You're seeking to kill me. Why? Where's the lie? Where, where's, where, what's the truth that you're embracing that would lead you to rightfully kill me? And so no... Instead of reflecting, instead of saying, Jesus, you know what, maybe you're on to something. Let us sit back and give this a little bit of thought. They go to a bully's tactic. They don't like what, it, what has been said, and so they just start making fun of the situation. Well, at least our mommy didn't knock boots and do something with Joseph before, before they were married. Jesus, uh, my mommy and daddy, they were legit because they don't buy the reality of the Holy Spirit. They don't buy that Jesus actually came from God Almighty. And so they don't buy it, and so they start to make fun of it. Now, there was one time and one time only that somebody made fun of my mama, and uh, it, was, it was sixth grade. 
I was, we were at recess, and it was kind of like West Side Story, like the sharks, sharks, not sharks and minnows, sharks and jets, sharks and jets, I don't know, it's a, whatever. Uh, okay, and so the two groups are colliding, my group of friends, and then like the bully and his group of friends, and then, and then Jolly Jason just happens to get right in the middle of them, and I was like, guys, can't we be friends, can't we be friends, and like, da, 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 like, and they, like trying to defuse the situation, and, and, uh, and the bully says to me, go something to your mother. <laughs> And I was like, I can't say it in a sermon. And, uh, and I was like, huh, homeboy don't like that. And, uh, and so I said a few things. He said a few more things. And then he charged at me. Uh, and, you know, Jason being the hero that he is, uh, didn't actually get into a fight. I just simply took a step to the side. And uh, he ran into a tree and then ran inside uh, crying. Uh, but the bully would always wear white Reebok shoes. And so, ergo, I hate Reebok. I will never have anybody, myself or my family, associating with Reebok. If I see you wearing Reebok, in my mind, you are just a big old bully because that's how I associate things. I'm kidding. You're not a bully, but okay. Here's how it happened. John Vowinski knows that story. I've told that story before. He's like, Jason, I went to get some new shoes. I had the choice of wearing Reebok, but because of our friendship, I will not support Reebok. Thank you. They are the devil. But when you think about what you associate with in life, are you associating with it well? If you associate with Wellspring, are you going out into the community and loving them? And looking to ignite a craving for Jesus Christ through, through love and, and, and speaking the truth of God's word, but, but doing it with grace and love? Uh, if you associate with, I'll say this to my kids someday, like, hey, your name is Koash. That's the name on the back of your jersey. You associate with that name and you associate well. You represent well. Where you're representing, where, where you in, are inclined to represent is where we're inclined to associate. And are we, the question is, are we associating well? That's what Jesus is bringing out. If you're going to associate with Abraham, are you associating with him well? No, you are not because you're seeking to kill me. So here's how the story then continues. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God. That's the mission. I am here. Uh, and I come not on my own accord, but he sent me. Uh, but you do not understand what I say. Why, don't you, why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You say that you're of Abraham. Well, Abraham would accept things of God. I'm telling you, I come from God. I'm on mission from God. That's the reality of the situation. But you don't want to embrace reality. Therefore, you don't want to embrace me. You're not seeking after truth. You're embracing a lie. And that has ruined this, this relationship that you and I could have, Jesus, with the religious leaders. You don't want to understand what I have to say. Because you simply don't want to embrace the reality of the situation. And when we look to enter into a relationship with a false reality, does that ever build a strong relationship? They don't have a strong relationship with Jesus because they haven't embraced reality. Now, back in the day, I used to hang out at some nightly establishments, if you will, where I didn't want to embrace reality. I was trying to numb reality, and I would try to numb it by uh, starting a new relationship. But I couldn't paint a picture of real reality to the, the girls I was trying to talk with, and so I would make up lies to paint a different picture of reality. Well, I used a lie one time that my grandfather created the rumble strip and I was an inheritance kid. <laughs> that didn't lead to a healthy relationship. <laughs> I used a lie one time that uh, my granddad was majority owner of the Red Sox, <laughs> and I could fly you out to the game tomorrow if you, if, if you want to hang out. Uh, that didn't spark a healthy relationship. <laughs> 
They didn't establish a healthy relationship. When I was trying to, to connect with, with the Christian girls, I, wanted, I was trying to paint a picture that I was some Christian stud, the guy with all the Christian answers. But at the time, it wasn't, it wasn't reality. And so uh, a healthy relationship was never established from there. And then I meet my bride. And I was at a time in my life where I was done running. I was at a time in my life where I didn't want to paint a picture of a false reality. I wanted to embrace true reality. And she was too. We just celebrated Valentine's Day, and I can tell you that my wife ain't perfect, but she's perfect for me. I can tell you that I ain't perfect, but, but I'm perfect for her. We've embraced reality. We've embraced the reality of each other, and what has happened? A stronger relationship has emerged. So what reality do you need to embrace? What reality do you need to change? If you're looking at the reality of your life, the best way to start seeing a different reality is to do it then embrace the reality of Jesus Christ. Many of us have seen, we've hit rock bottom. Now we're seeing reality. But many of us fail to take the reality of rock bottom and meet Jesus in that reality. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Stop trying to numb reality. Embrace reality. Embrace Jesus. That's why in a church, at times, you know what? We will talk about money. Why? Because there are people that don't like the reality of their lives and so they try to numb reality with careless spending. We will at times talk about drugs and alcohol in a church setting. Why? Because there are men and women that don't like the reality of their lives and so they go to drugs and alcohol to try to numb the reality of their lives. When you think about the reality of your situation, how might you be numbing? How might you be running from that reality? You, you, you are like, man, I, I actually get scared that I might get a promotion. I don't like that reality and so I start working like a fool so I don't get the promotion. Uh, my kids have confronted me with, with, oh man, I need more time with you. It hurts me that that might be the reality of the situation. So instead of embracing reality, I run from reality only confirming what they are thinking. I'm dating a girl and, and, and the reality is that God may not want me with her. I ha instead of embracing that reality, I go deep into the relationship and nothing good comes from it. If you want to establish a healthy relationship, it starts by embracing reality. And for you and I as Christians, we embrace reality and we find Jesus, our Father. Check out this scene. It's one, if you know Star Wars, that's a pretty epic scene. That's a pretty bold statement. That's a, if you know reality, it's like, oh, man, that's a tough reality to embrace. And so Jesus, in this case, kind of playing the role of Darth Vader, although that's not really a good apples-to-apples apples comparison, uh, Jesus says something very bold to the Pharisees. This is how he responds. He says, you are of your father, the devil. 
Talk about a Maury Pulvich reveal about fatherhood, huh? Uh, and your will is to do the Father's desires. Uh, yeah, he will. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand uh, in the truth. Because he is not, there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks of his own character. Uh, for he is a liar. The father of lies literally sits on a throne of lies. Uh, but because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? No one interrupts. They have nothing to say. Why do you not, for if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. For, this, for the, the reason why you do not hear them is that you, do, that you are not of God. Some of the strongest words ever said to the Pharisees. Your father is the devil. Why? Because you care more about lies than truth. You're living based on lies instead of living based on, uh, on truth. And if you're representing, if you're associating with anybody based on the reality of your life, you're associating with the devil. Here's what's true of the devil. He's a murderer and he's a liar. Guess what's true of the Pharisees? They will give in to lies and bring Jesus to a cross where he will die based on what their false reality is based off of the lies. So you're associating with the devil by being more inclined to go with murdering and lying and distorting truth. The devil is opposed to everything of God. Where God is a God of life, the devil is a God, the God of death. Or not the God of death, but, but loves death. Where, where God is a God of truth, the devil is the father of lies. Where, where, where God where is going to promote wholeness, reconciliation, and love. Oh, my, my enemy is going to promote lies and death. And so these, these, these Pharisees stand, stand for everything that the devil stands for. And if God and the devil are complete opposites, they're looking at Jesus and saying, you don't stand for what we stand for. We are opposed to one another. John throughout his writings says things like this. That in this world you can you can be, you can be loving or you can be selfish. You can serve you can serve the God or you can serve God or you can serve Satan. In this world you can be about building the kingdom of God or you can be building the kingdom of the evil one. This is black and white. So who will we stand for? Will we embrace reality and live in reality or will we not and find that we feel foolish when we haven't been embracing true reality. My wife and I just went down to Nashville. We left Thursday, came back yesterday, and uh, there was a Dave Ramsey uh, Money and Marriage Conference. And uh, so we went down there, and I was like, oh, Nashville is cool. I've never, been, I've never been there, but it's like the home of like country music and something. So we went like gone country. And, uh, and I was like, I don't do country mu music. I'm like more of like the, the hip-hop, I guess. I don't know what I am, but not country music, that's for sure. And, uh, and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to have some fun with my wife, and I'm going to dress gone country uh, as I go. To the to the airport, and so I put together uh, my outfit. That this was me. Um, this was me in the Philadelphia airport. Oh, the city of brotherly love. They were so kind to me. Uh, all the looks that I got from the Philadelphia uh, friends and family. That was glorious. Neville root for anything Philadelphia. And that was me. That was my outfit uh, uh, that I was trying to like rehearse for for my wife to get her ready for the trip. And uh, so she's. Uh, yeah, she's not on board with well, how I was looking. And, uh, but I literally traveled uh, down uh, to Nashville rocking the, this outfit. Those boots are not made for walking. And, uh, and so I get down to Nashville. And uh, before I even left the airport, there was a, a 20 to 1 ratio of musical instruments to cowboy hats. <laughs> 
There was way more musical I saw one cowboy hat, some lonely dude in a bar rocking a cowboy hat. And I instantly felt stupid. We go, we go to Broadway Street with all like the country music and like in the restaurants and stuff, and they have they have a store for people to go and buy stuff. I found all the missing hats and all the missing belts that they were trying to sell that no one was buying. My reality thought that this was the reality that people live like and dress like in Nashville. I was wrong and felt stupid. What's the reality that you're embracing right now? If you were to be confronted with the truth, would we maybe have some similar feelings? This past week in my, in my time with Jesus when I was walking in the, mo- uh, in the morning, a song from uh, Casting Crowns uh, came to mind. I actually started playing it on my phone. This lyric uh, says, who am I? That the eyes that see my sin would look on me with love. That Jesus sees all of me and chooses to still love me. And it brought me to another old song by Phil Wickham that says, you are holy, great and mighty. The moon and the stars declare who you are. I'm so unworthy, but still you love me. Forever my heart will sing of how great you are. The the dark side wants you to look at the reality of your life through rose-colored glasses. It wants you to look at your life and say, I don't need Jesus. Wants you to look at your life and then go to a place of numbing or running from the reality of your life where Jesus says, I see the reality of every man, woman, and child in this room. You can't hide from Jesus. And he chose to embrace the reality that is the mess of each one of our lives. It's the enemy that wants us to run from that reality. So our big thought for this morning is that Satan isn't for the truth seeker. If you're seeking after truth, Satan's not your guy. If you're seeking after lies, if you're good, okay with living out lies, Satan's your dude. But the reality is that I get to embrace the hardship and the ugliness of, my, of, the, of the reality that is the life of Jason. And that Jesus was sent on mission because of that reality. That God never said, die for everybody but Jason. His life is too much of a mess. He never never said, you know what, I'm about to go. Mankind's pretty broken, but you know what, it's too broken. I'm out. I've told you a little bit about who Satan is, but let me tell you some truth about who my God is. Some things that Jesus says. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The reality is, some of us are trying to get God, get to God Almighty. Some of us are saying, if I die today, I would be with God for all of eternity. But some of us are trying to get to God by bypassing Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, and the truth, and the life. The reality is, you can't get to the Father by bypassing Jesus. And so we embrace the reality of our lives, and we embrace Jesus. Jesus said to Jews that had believed in him, if you abide in my word, then you are truly my disciples. And of course, many of us have quoted, maybe not even knowing that it's from the Bible. And you will know truth in what? The truth will set you free. You want to find freedom in the mess that is the reality of our lives? Good news! Jesus embraces you in the mess that is our lives. I left church last week, and somebody got out of their car. No one was around and said, Jason, can I have a word with you? And I was like, well, this is how I'm leaving planet Earth. Um, I'm gone. 
It's been real. I'm dead. And they're like, hey, uh, I, I've been really moved by, by the church. And I was like, okay, good. Now we t tell me more. And uh, so then I embraced the conversation. And they were saying, well, I came with so-and-so. I come out of narcotics and, and drugs and, and alcohol and whatnot. And, and Jason, do you have any meetings, kind of some, some AA talk? And, uh, and I really, I really want to get more involved with, with this Jesus thing. And I was like, great, there's a thing called starting point. Like, that should be your meeting. Get involved in starting point, starting point, starting point, starting point. Because what I was trying to tell him is, is here's the reality of our lives. The reality of our lives is that an uncommon relationship has been formed for many of us. And when I look at Jesus, Jesus is perfectly holy, and I am not, but Jesus embraces me. That's an uncommon relationship, isn't it? To be embraced by God Almighty, who looks at me and says, I still want you. And so I looked at, I looked at this young man and said, get into starting point so that, you, so that you, can, you can think about these things, that you can, you can wrestle with these things. Because here's the thing, if, you, if, you're, if you've been involved in AA, you see these, these steps. You know, you know the 12 steps. And the 12 steps are, are great steps. These 12 steps are, are a strong double. Why? Because your drugs and your alcohol will very likely lead to your death. And if you were to die, you won't have the ability to embrace Jesus. So if the 12 steps will keep you around on planet Earth, praise God for that. That's a win. But, but the 12 steps don't guarantee that you're going to embrace Jesus. And this young man said, I'm ready to embrace Jesus. See, here's a home run. To walk through these 12 steps and end by embracing Jesus. That's the home run. Because you might, you might experience a temporary victory here on earth. But if this doesn't lead to embracing Jesus, you will not find eternal victory in the power of Jesus Christ. And so I want to tell you about this uncommon relationship. And I want you to embrace today the reality of your life. Stop numbing it. Stop running from it. And let Jesus embrace you today. Check out this video on starting. We all have questions about spiritual matters. Questions about God, Jesus, the Bible. But who can we ask? Most of the time, we don't stop to talk about those things. But we all think about them at some point. Your questions about the Christian faith weren't developed in an instant. And you deserve more than a quick one-sided answer. You have a story that led you here. Maybe an answer isn't even what you need. It's why we created a place where we can talk about it together. It doesn't matter where you stand. It doesn't matter where you're from. We just want to help you take the next step. And it starts with a conversation. Starting point. So as, uh, as communion is being passed out, my challenge for us today is to max out starting point. Christy uh, is one of our starting point leaders for this next session of starting point. There's a youth leader, uh, Katie, who's also co-leading with her. I think there's one spot available currently for starting point. Uh, so my challenge to you guys is to max out starting point in such a way where I have, to, I have to email Christy and Katie and say, hey, I know you guys thought you were co-leading, and I know that's all sorts of comfortable, but whoop, you guys are split up now, and this just got awkward. Now you have to lead it by yourself. Great. I pray that there's demand for that. Why? Because as you embrace reality, you need a starting point. And I believe that the starting point as we embrace reality is Jesus, 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 Jesus. So sign up, max it out, and, and have a conversation. If you've never embraced Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity. Romans 10 says, if you, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved.
So I don't know the reality of your life, but I know that the reality of your life has one thing true of all of us. You and I both need Jesus. So I'm asking in this moment as we, as we pray and then we take communion, and for many of us that have been running and numbing, that we would turn to Jesus right here and right now and embrace the reality of who Jesus is by confessing with your mouth. Would you all pray with me? Lord, I confess that even as a pastor, I still want to be God sometimes. Lord, I confess, Lord, that I can fall for the lie that success apart from you is of greater importance than just being obedient and allowing you to bring success. So, Father, I confess my own sin, and I ask right now, Lord, that you would build and that you would move. For those in this room, Father, that have never said yes to relationship with you, Holy Spirit, we've asked you to move. We've asked you to move from the beginning of this experience, Lord. Would, would this be the moment where people finally embrace the reality of their lives, the ugliness of their lives, the ugliness of my life, Father, and not sit in the ugliness, but serve, cling, to the name of Jesus who meets us in that place and doesn't want to leave us there but wants to build his life through us. If that is you, would you pray something along these lines? God Almighty, I look at the reality of my life. I'm done numbing it. I'm done running. The reality of my life is not good. But today I know you see the full picture. You see all of it can't run from it. I believe and I confess that Jesus Christ died for my sins. That in his death he paid the penalty of my sins. But he rose again. I believe it. I confess it. He rose again because I don't serve a dead God. I serve a living Savior. And that he gives me life. The enemy, the enemy of death can't give me life the way Jesus can today I choose and I confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. Build your life through me, Jesus, now. In your name, amen. So we're going to end with a time of communion of remembering this sacrifice. The night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. He broke it and he asked his disciples as often as they were to get together to remember that, that the body that his body was broken on their behalf. That Jesus met us in the mess and the reality of our lives and broke his body for us. And he asked them as often as they were to get together to take communion. Would you take this with me? And in the same way, he took the cup. He said, a new relationship is being formed. The cup represents that. How is the relationship being formed? By the blood. The blood of Jesus that forms that relationship, that paid the price of our, of our sins. And now I offer you relationship. And so he asked as often as they were to get together to take the cup in remembrance of Jesus. Let's take the cup. And now we get to sing a song. A song that has a lyric in it that says, build my life. Build a firm foundation as we've been reflecting about the reality of our lives. Are you going to continue to build your life? 
Or are you going to allow Jesus to build his life through you? Stop giving into the evil one and let Jesus have complete control. Let's sing. Thank you for checking out a sermon recorded right here at Wellspring Church in Tom's River. If it's your first time connecting with us, we'd love to stay connected with you. So don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. And then down in the description box below, there's ways to give online. There's our social media accounts. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. We love and appreciate you, and we hope you have a fantastic week.